Good. Well, hey, let's jump right in. We're starting a brand new series today uh, called Handling Toxic People. Now, if this is your first time with us, we didn't prepare this just for you, okay? Uh, We're trying to uh, learn how to handle our relationships better, and uh, we want to talk about that. Now, there's a book in uh, the Bible called Proverbs. It's a wisdom book, and it tells us that there are three types of people. There are wise people, there are foolish people, and there are evil people. There are bad people. There are people who are wicked. And this third group of uh, people, the Bible says in Psalm uh, 54.8, these words, their poison is like the poison of serpents, of snakes. And sometimes people can just be poisonous. And I call them toxic people. You know, if you've ever had a person and he or she comes up to you and they start poking you in your eye, and they keep poking in your eye over and over and over again, the Bible does not say, and God does not say, just sit there and let them poke you in your eye. It doesn't say to do that. And when the Bible talks about toxic people, it uses words like this that you are to avoid them, to keep away from them, to stay away, to shun them, to separate from them. It uses terms like separate. That you don't have to have everybody in your life hurting you in any way. Now, the Bible uh, talks about different kinds of toxic people. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Uh, It says this, Stay clear of pious talk that's only talk. Now what this is talking about is a religious, toxic person. You know those people. Those are people who always have the Jesus smile. You know? And uh, they are people who say, Amen! And praise the Lord all the time. They're the people who forward you emails, you know, about all this Jesus stuff. And you're like, come on. But they're really not committed to it. I mean, <laughs> have you ever got these before? You get these emails, you know. Uh, since I'm a pastor, I get them every once in a while. And people are telling me about how they lived. And I haven't seen them in church, like, for four years. Like, what's adding up there, you know? But the Scripture says, stay clear of pious talk. That's only talk. If words are not backed up by a godly life, they accumulate as poison in the soil, in the soul. It's maybe in the soil too, I don't know. But it's in your soul. Uh, It's poisonous. It's toxic. When people talk, the religion talk, but they're not committed to God, folks, that becomes toxic. So over the next three weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about handling toxic people. Now next week, I'm going to talk about toxic family members. None of you have them, though, right? And uh, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) I don't know why I chose that as the Mother's Day teaching, but, uh, you know, if you have an issue with your mom, invite them here. You might actually get some help, you know, for your mom that you've been trying this whole time. Then the next week, we're going to talk about toxic co-workers. And if any of you have ever seen uh, the television show The Office, you know we have a lot of toxic co-workers in this world. But today, what I want to talk about is toxic religion. There are a lot of things that people do and people say in the name of God that are not good. They're bad. In fact, they become toxic. They can mess you up. Now, uh, one of these groups of people in Jesus' day that were religious, toxic individuals were a group of people, of religious folks, called the Pharisees. The Pharisees. So you don't pronounce it Paharisees, okay? It's P-H, Pharisees. And they were this right-wing, leading, kind of conservative legalist who uh, saw as their only job to make rules and regulations, and then they would go around and they would police everybody to make sure 
that they were keeping all of the rules. Now, some of the terms that were used to describe these Pharisees in the Bible were terms like hypocrites or blind guides or vipers or poisonous snakes. And when Jesus would tell somebody, if they would use a word like that in describing them, you can guarantee, folks, that they were toxic people. I mean, Jesus not only told the Pharisees that they were toxic, but he went around to other people and he said, hey, you know what? Don't hang around them. Separate yourself from them. In Luke uh, chapter 12, actually, uh, Jesus said this. And let's read it together. It will come up on the side screen. Let's read it together. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. Now, what's he talking about there? Well, this term yeast in the Bible meant something that was evil. It represented evil. In other words, Jesus was saying that just like a little bit of yeast can make uh, bread, you know, leaven and the whole batch of bread could come, in the same way, just a little bit of Phariseeism in religion can ruin the whole batch. It can mess you up. It can make you have a different attitude. It can mess up your friendships. It can mess up your marriage. All of these things can get in and they can mess you up. He says you need to be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees. You need to know that that can mess you up. Now, I hate to tell you this, but 2,000 years later, guess what? Phariseeism is alive and well. You see it on the television uh, sometimes we see it even here at the jar, and sometimes we have to correct it because it's not what Jesus wants. So I want to begin this morning by giving to you six toxic traits of toxic people. Or you might say, how can I spot one of these Pharisees? Well, let me give you six traits uh, for that. The first one is legalism. Legalism. Now, legalism is when people are more concerned about rules than they are relationships. Legalism is when it says you have to work your way to heaven because you can't. You can't do anything to get heaven. Jesus gave it to you freely. Legalism says that God smiles on you when you're keeping certain regulations. Legalism says it's not about rules uh, or it's all about rules, and it's not about relationships. Legalists have this big, long list of rules and regulations and policies. Oh, they love to you know, put policies into Christianity. And if you don't have rules in a certain area of your life, these people will come around and they'll say, well, let me help you to become a little bit more Christian. And then they'll give you a few rules. And really, when it comes right down to it, folks, you have two ways to live in life. You can even either live your life for rules, or you can live your life for relationships. When uh, my wife Jennifer and I got married 17 years ago as newlyweds, we didn't know each other very well. And so we had to have a lot of rules. For instance... We had a rule about the way you folded towels. I mean, I had no idea there was a rule for folding towels, and I just folded them the way that I folded them, which was usually throw them down, pick them up, you know. And after about a month of being married, I learned that there is an appropriate way to fold towels. And Jennifer let me know, you're not doing it right. And so we had to start doing this trifold, and then we flip it. And then if they, you know, if like the culture changes, then you have to change the way you fold towels. So now we do all the flips, but then you have to roll it so it looks really nice when people walk into your bathroom so that they think you know towel terminology, okay? <laughs> and uh, then there was another rule about toilet paper. I never put it on the roll. I mean, you just took it out of the bag, leave it beside the toilet, you know, it takes less work. 
And then I remember putting it on the toilet roll one time, and it was on the back side. And Jennifer goes, no, 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 that is not the right way. And so we had to have a rule for the toilet paper. It goes on the front, and it's nicely, neatly placed that way. And then finally, it was the biggest rule uh, in those first few years of marriage, and that was you always kept the toilet seat down. Now, I'm a male. I don't keep it down. I only keep it down when you know you got to keep it down, but otherwise, it's up, you know? And uh, all of a sudden, uh, Jennifer, <laughs> about two in the morning, we had only been married a couple years, all of a sudden she goes, Wah! and I ran into the bathroom, you know, and I'm like, honey, what's wrong? You didn't put the toilet seat down. Some of you have experienced this year, I'm sure. But, you know, it was really funny, some of the rules that we had. But you know what? We've been married 17 years now, have a couple of kids. There ain't no rules anymore. We've got, we have about one rule, and that's this. Tell the truth. Just tell the truth. That's our rule. But here's the biggest point that I want to make in the midst of all this. There is a point. The greater the relationship, folks, the fewer the rules. The greater the relationship the greater the trust. You don't need rules when you have trust and you have relationship. When you have trust, you don't have to create policies and regulations and all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? You don't need that. Legalism is always about the rules. It's not about the relationship. So how can you spot a legalistic Christian? Very easy. You find a legalistic Christian when you find someone who is always offended. They get offended about everything. They get all up in air. They're all about the rules. And any time that you don't keep the rules exactly right or you don't measure up to whatever their standard is, they'll let you know about They're disappointed. They're easily shocked. They're easily angered. People who are legalists get offended very, very easily. They live kind of in this constant state of being upset. Now Luke 11 talks about one of these Pharisees, and this is what it says. The Pharisee was shocked and somewhat offended when he saw that Jesus didn't wash up for his meals. Whoop-de-doo! Half of my family doesn't wash up for their meals. You know what I mean? And these Pharisees had this religious law that you had to wash your hands a certain way. And he's like, I'm just not into that. And folks, you could see that Jesus offended legalists because they couldn't control him. They couldn't manage him. They couldn't handle him because he was about more than rules. He was about a relationship. I mean, life is not about rules and regulations and policies and all that kind of stuff. It's about love, folks. And it's about relationships. And he didn't go and play by their rules. Okay, the second toxic trait is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is when you get all of these rules and these regulations and you push them onto everybody else but you don't follow it yourself. Now, the word hypocrisy comes from two Greek words. One is hupo, and the other one is kriktos, which literally is taken from Greek plays or Greek tragedies. What would happen in the Greek world is that uh, there was an actor, but that actor played many different parts in the Greek plays. And so you'd have one person but they would have many different roles. So the actor would come out, he would have a mask on, he would play a certain part, he'd have a monologue, and he'd walk off the stage. He'd pick up a different mask, he'd come back out again, and he would do another monologue with whatever that is, and he would walk off the stage, pick up another mask, he comes out, he talks about it, and again and again and again. And they would call that person the play actor. They were pretending. So a hypocrite means a different kind of person who is different with the different groups of people that they're hanging out with. 
It's not what you see is what you get. It's whatever I want to give you, that's what you get. And so uh, the person is one way in church, but then when they get out on the golf course, they're a different way. They're one way when they're with uh, your kids, but you're different when you go to work. You're one way when you're in your small group, but you're a very different way when you're with your neighbors. And you've got uh, your life all segmented in these different areas, and uh, that's what hypocrites do. The Bible says that Pharisees were great at hypocrisy. In fact, Jesus said this. It'll come up on the side screen. They don't practice what they preach. So you might be thinking, where did that phrase come from? Well, it came from the Bible. Jesus said it. He said, these religious, toxic people don't practice what they preach. Here's the third thing about toxic religious people. They love and they're good at giving guilt trips. They're really, really good at giving guilt trips. Now, not guilt trips on themselves. They don't feel guilty themselves. They just give it to every other person who is around them. They love to make other people feel guilty. It's a favorite tool of toxic faith. People who are like this use words like this all the time. Well, you should, or you ought to, or you have to, or you, you know, whatever, just fill in the blank. They're very good at blaming and condemning and denouncing and loading on guilt trips. They are pro at making everyone else feel guilty around them. And Jesus said this. They pile up back-breaking burdens and they lay them on other people's shoulders. Now notice, folks, they don't lay it on their own shoulders. They lay it on other people's shoulders. Yet they themselves will not raise a finger to move them. Have you ever noticed that toxic people love to lay guilt trips on folks? I mean, have you ever uh, seen these people before? Don't point at them today, okay? There's a great one. How how many of you remember the show Everybody Loves Raymond? Anybody ever seen that? Now, Raymond's mother, Marie, I think she'll come up. Look at her. She looks like one big guilt trip. You know what I mean? And uh, she had a tendency to do that, to make people feel guilty. And people like this have a slogan. And here's their slogan. If you would change the way that I want you to change, then things would be great for me. Let me say that again. If you would change the way I want you to change, then things would be great for me. Whenever you hear someone blaming you for their unhappiness, that's a toxic person. Happiness has nothing to do with other people, folks. Your happiness is based upon yourself. Everybody is as happy as they choose to be. Don't blame your husband or your wife or your kids for your unhappiness. You're as happy as you choose to be. Happiness is a choice. You woke up this morning and you decided either to put happy shoes on or unhappy shoes on. And it was totally your choice. My daughter last night, I can tell you this, this happens with kids. I'm putting her down for the nap, and we've been telling her, when you wake up, you should not be grumpy. And so I lay her down for the nap yesterday afternoon, and she goes, Dad, if I get up and I'm just a little bit grumpy, is that okay? No! It's not! And some of you need to realize, it's not anyone's responsibility but your own to choose whether you'll be happy or not. And anytime someone tries to make their happiness dependent upon you and your actions, they're a victimizer and they are a toxic person. God says you don't have to put up with that, with that kind of stuff. That's toxic faith. You are as happy as you choose to be. The fourth toxic trait is nitpicking. Nitpicking. Nit, nit, nitpicking. Any of you familiar with this? 
Again, don't point to people, okay? People find faults wherever they're at. Those are toxic people. In fact, there are pastors, and that's all they ever do. They stand up, and they just have the sin of the day. And then next Sunday, they tell you about how horrible you are then. And then the next week, how horrible. And you might be doing 96% right, and there are some pastors who will say, well, we're going to talk about the 4%. You're screwed up, you know? Now, I know you're screwed up, Mike, because I know you. But, I mean, you know, the reality is we have a tendency to do that, to be nitpicky. That's toxic people. Picky, 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 picky. Just always trying to get at you. Judgmental, critical of your actions. They're very critical of your words. Toxic people like to take words and they twist them around. You ever notice that? In fact, the Bible says that the Pharisees did this. Several times in Scripture it says this. The Pharisees went out and made plans to trap Jesus in his what? In his words. Toxic people will say this. Well, you said this, and you said that. And even when you're like, you know what? That's maybe the word that I used, but I didn't mean it like that. I meant to be able to say, I don't care. You said it. You said this. You said that. That's toxic because they're nitpicking all the time. Now, Jesus never put up with nitpicking. He said this in Matthew 12. If you had any idea what the Scripture means, and he's referring to the Scripture that God gave, he says this, I prefer a flexible heart to an inflexible heart. In other words, he says what's much more important is what's going on the inside than your actions. What's happening in your heart. If you had any idea what the Scripture means, you wouldn't be nitpicking like this. And Basically, folks, it's not about details. It's about what is in your heart. Friends, toxic people are either black thinkers or they're white thinkers. There is no gray. It's either all or nothing. It's either good or bad. There's no in-between. There's certainly no room for any grace. That's why Jesus said this in Matthew 23, 24. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. That's a joke, folks. Jesus gave jokes. Now, why, do, why didn't you laugh? Because you don't understand the culture of Jesus' day. In Jesus' day, there was this Hebrew humor. And the way the humor was is that there would be this huge exaggeration, and then people would laugh out loud. So, like, if I just would have shared that in a Hebrew culture in Jesus' day... People would have been like, <laughs> good one, Jesus, a gnat, oh, yeah, I know, man, it's good. And Jesus did that all the time. He said, hey, before you look at the speck in your brother's eye, get the telephone pole out of your own. <laughs> Jesus, man, that's a good one. I like that. Oh, man, that's hilarious. It's a gut buster. Or when Jesus would say, hey, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to get into heaven, they'd be like, oh, you're killing me. Stop, you're killing me. So when he says these guys, uh, these Pharisees, strain at a gnat, but they swallow a camel, his culture at that time would have started cracking up and laughing. Now, we don't get it. This is what we do. I, in fact, I just read it. I said, uh, you know, uh, they swallow, they strain a gnat and they swallow a camel. And all of you just sat there. I wonder what the Greek is in that. You know, or you're just off somewhere else. Didn't mean anything to you. We just take things too serious. Folks, you've got to read the Bible because the Bible has a lot of good laughter in it. It makes you laugh. The Sermon on the Mount, uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' best teaching ever, there were many and many jokes that were kind of told in that, in that culture. You just don't get it because you're not in that culture. But he was trying to use humor. 
He was saying that these nitpickers, they're toxic. They're legalistic. They're hypocrites. They give guilt trips. They're nitpicking. Here's the sixth toxic trait. Intimidation and pressure. Intimidation and pressure. Someone who is always intimidating you or who is always pressuring you is a toxic person. If you're around this person every time and you feel defensive, like, I have to defend myself, that that is a sign that that person is toxic. If you feel like every time you're around them, every time, you just feel like you're uneasy and you have to defend everything. Toxic people enjoy getting other people on the defensive. It does something good for them. makes them feel good. Like they have some power over you. And it makes you feel a little bit worse. The Bible says this about Jesus and the Pharisees in Matthew 16.1. The Pharisees were on Jesus again, pressing him to prove himself to them. If you're around somebody... And every time I'm around this person, I feel like I have to prove myself. I have to say the right thing or do the right thing or, you know, everything is just again and again and again. I've got to prove myself. That's a toxic person. Here's the third toxic trait, gossiping. Gossiping. Now, you might be sitting there right now and go, <laughs> you're not talking to me. I'm not a toxic person. But, folks, when we get to gossip, Every single one of us in this room, we're guilty of it. Now, I know some of you guys right now are like, I'm not a gossip. She is, not me. She is. But you listen, right? You love to listen. Just give me that little morsel. You may not even pass it on. But gossip always takes two people. Someone who is the one saying it and someone who is listening to it. The Bible says this in Proverbs 10, 18. Anyone who spreads gossip is a what? A fool. When we first started the jar, I stood over there in that corner because we had only half of the gym, and I told people, there is one thing that we will not deal with here at the jar. You can be messed up in your whole life. We don't care. But the one thing that we want you to know is we will not deal with gossip because gossip is like a cancer, folks. And once it gets into a church, there's not enough radiation or chemotherapy to get it out. So I'm giving you free call right now. If you ever hear me gossip, call me out. But I want you to know, if I ever hear you gossiping, I'll call you out. And if you hear somebody you're sitting by, that they're gossiping, call them out. And then if they get mad, say, go talk to the pastor. You know what I mean? Because that's just not what we want this place to be. Okay, so we talked about six kind of traits. Now, what is it that turns people into being toxic? What turns people into being toxic people? Well, the number one cause of toxicity is envy. Envy. Envy and jealousy will rob you of your joy. When you see somebody, maybe a family member or a friend or a coworker or whatever, and they're succeeding, and they're like doing really, really, really well, and you look at that and you start getting envious, you're going down a road of being a toxic person, and you just need to be aware of it. The moment you allow envy into your heart, toxicity has been planted. When somebody makes a whole lot of money, and they're like, you know, making it really, really big, and you're not, and you start getting envious, you're on the road to being toxic. When uh, somebody gets promoted at work, and you are right beside them, and you're like, I did a better job than they did, and they got promoted, and you start getting envious, you're on your road to being a toxic person. When somebody gets married, I've seen this before, Somebody gets married, and there's a person there, and they're wanting to get married so badly, but you're not married, and you start getting envious, like, you know, just mean and nasty. You're on that mean and nasty road of being a toxic person. 
when somebody has a baby, and you've been waiting to have a baby for a very, very long time, and you haven't had a baby yet, and you start getting envious, you're on the road to being a toxic person. Folks, anytime you allow envy to control your life, you allow a Pharisee into your heart. Um, You know, we just celebrated uh, Easter, and just before Easter, Jesus goes to a cross. Do you know why Jesus was killed on a cross? You know why they killed him? I mean, he was a perfect person. He never did anyone to anyone. You know, he never did anything to anyone. He, he was innocent. Always perfect. He never hurt anyone. You know what put him to the cross? Envy. Envy. The Bible says this. It was out of what? Envy that they handed Jesus over to Pilate and he was crucified. The Pharisees, the toxic people, they couldn't handle Jesus' popularity. They resented him for his success. Another passage says this. When the Pharisees saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and they heard the children shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. They're envious. They got mad. They couldn't handle his success. Let me just ask you real personally right now. Can you handle it when other people succeed and you don't? Can you handle it? Can you handle it when other people are doing really well and you're not? Because if you can't, you're heading down a road called toxicity. Here's the second thing that turns people toxic. It's money. Money. Money, more than anything else, will lead people down this road. I've seen relationships destroyed by money. I've seen marriages destroyed by money. I've seen families destroyed by money. You ever notice people, they win the lottery, and they get all this money, and then three or four years later, their entire life is upside down. Why? Because they could not handle what they had been given. I've seen parents lose their kids because the parents were so concerned about making enough money so that they could give their kids every single thing that they wanted, but at the end of the day, the only thing that the kid wanted was time, and then all of a sudden the kid messes up and things go a totally different way. And it was all because either the dad or the mom was all about making money. It became their idol. You ever see this when a parent dies? Children. They start fighting about what? Money. Possessions. I saw one time a funeral that I had. The the person still had their wedding ring on. And another person went up to the casket. It was one of their kids. And said, well, at least I'm getting this. And pulled it off. Serious. Like, that's not a lie. Money will destroy you. Possessions will destroy you. Jesus was the most generous person who ever walked planet Earth, but when it came to money, folks, he just wasn't interested. He said this one time, A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. And when the Pharisees heard that, just a little bit later on, it says this, When the Pharisees heard that he said these words, They made fun of Jesus because they loved money. You are to love people, but you are to use money. Money is simply a tool to love people. Because if you start loving money too much, guess what's going to happen? You're going to use people. (laughs) If you start focusing on money, you'll use people. Money was never meant to use people. It was meant to show love to people. Folks, the greatest things in your life aren't things. The way that you decide what your value is is not your valuables. You make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. Let me say that again. You make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. It's only in giving your life away that you really receive it. 
Here's the third thing. It's not just money. It's not just envy, but bitterness. The biggest thing that causes people to be toxic is bitterness. Folks, in your life, you're going to go through some problems. You're going to get hurt. We live in a broken world. Every single person in this place is broken. Every one of us, because we live in a broken world. And you're going to get hurt. You might get hurt intentionally. You might get hurt unintentionally. And some of you have been hurt in this room in some horrendous ways. I've heard some stories over the last few months, and I just sit there, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of hurt. Nobody else knows, but you know. And I'm sorry that someone has hurt you that way. But some of you have been taking this hurt, and you've been carrying it for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years. And you have become so bitter that you don't even accept God's grace in your own life. You're just trying to fix it yourself of what they did to me. And you become toxic. Hebrews 12.15 says this, Be careful that no one misses the grace of God so that no root of bitterness grows among you and makes trouble because it can poison a large number of people. Have you ever seen uh, bitterness poison a large number of people before? You ever seen that? You ever been to a family reunion? Oh, yeah. You know how it works. There's that aunt or uncle or relative who comes, and somebody did them wrong 30 years ago, and they're going to let everybody remember that. They're just bitter, and they're bitter about what happened, and they're going to give that bitterness to everyone in the family. Now, here's the problem. They want everyone else to feel what they feel. You see, misery loves company. It's not enough just for me to feel bitter, but I want to make you feel bitter too. So the aunt or the uncle arrives to the family gathering, or relative, or whatever it is, and they bring up this thing that happened 30 years ago. You weren't even born yet, but they're letting you know, you should feel bitter about this. And you should be on my side. So what they say is, if, you feel, if I feel bad about myself and you feel good about yourself, that's not good enough. You need to feel bad and bitter just like I need to feel bad and bitter. And so if we do that, then actually I start making myself feel better if you're starting to feel bitter. And they come in and they have these cuts and they have these little jabs that they give and comments, and belittle, and this bitterness comes, and it wasn't your fault that any of this happened, but pretty soon you start thinking, you're right, you got screwed, let's get them. And it's all this crazy going on here. When you don't take your hurt to God, folks, and you just keep it for yourself, you're going to become bitter. I've said this many times before, but hurt People hurt people. And the reason that hurt people hurt people is because they're hurt, they're feeling pain, and they only know how to transfer it onto you. And if you choose to get sucked in and you try to say, they're not going to do that, I'm going to get even, I'm going to get revenge, bitterness will bite you and pretty soon you'll be just like them. Folks, I just want to say this. As your pastor is someone who loves you, if you are carrying bitterness today, let it go. I don't care what it is, what's happened. Give it to God. Don't try to take it on yourself. Give it away, and you'll receive a freedom like you've never had. Okay, last thing. We'll do these real quick. So we talked about six traits. We talked about how a person becomes better. But the question that you all came for, I know, is how do we handle these people? How do we handle toxic people in our life? Well, you have to look at how Jesus handled the Pharisees. How did he handle toxic people? The first thing is this. 
you have to realize it's not about you. You have to realize it's not about you. When someone is toxic, folks, they're always going to blame you. They love to blame you for their own pain. But it's not about you. Any of you have any crazy makers in your life? You don't have to point at them, okay? But crazy makers. These are people that just, they bring craziness into your life. I mean, they're crazy, and you're around them long enough that you start wondering, maybe I'm crazy. I mean, they start flipping words around and making you feel bad and guilty and horrible, and pretty soon you think, it is my fault. I think it is my I'm crazy. Their craziness just rubs off right on you. You're not crazy. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Romans 12:13 says this. If, and that's a very very important word. If it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, not everything does depend on you, but if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. I don't know if you've learned this yet or not, but not everything depends upon you. And you can't live at peace with everybody. It doesn't have anything to do with you many of the times. It has to do with their pain and their hurt. And the Bible is very great about this. The Bible says you have to talk about truth. If you look at the Bible, it speaks truth and it never glosses over it. It never lies. It tells the truth about God, about life, about human behavior. And the Bible points this out that you may not always have the possibility of living at peace with the people in your life. Folks, there are some people in life, they just don't like to get along. There are some people that no matter how nice you are, how much you care for them, they're going to mess you up. And so God says, it's not about you. Now, I want to give you three stress relievers here real quick. The first one's this, when it comes to handling toxic people. I didn't create it. You didn't create whatever their issue is. It's not your issue. In other words, you didn't create their toxic behavior. They're super fearful. They're super anxious. They're super envious. They're super greedy. They're belittling, uh, nitpicking, nagging. You didn't create that. So you don't have to feel guilty about their issues. You didn't create their behavior. They might blame you and want you to be responsible for it, but it's their choice. It's their choice. You didn't create it. The second one is, I can't control it. You can't control a person's behavior. Good, bad, negative, whatever it is, you can't control it. Most people, when a toxic person comes into their life, they start feeling guilty. They're like, maybe it really is my fault. I think they're right. I, I may have said something that was hurtful or wrong. And you feel worried about them, so you try to control it. No. God wants you to know you don't have to control it. This happens in the myth of parenting all the time. People will say, if I'm a perfect parent, then my kids will be perfect kids. Now, there was only one perfect parent ever in the world. That was God. God was a perfect parent. He put his kids in a perfect environment. And guess what Adam and Eve did? They screwed up. So if the perfect parent's not going to get it right, what about you? You're not going to get it right. You just won't. You and I choose to be as close to God as we want to. And it really is your choice. And if your relationship with God is not going that well, guess who moved? I'll give you a hint. It's not God. So you didn't create their behavior. You can't control them. And you can't change their behavior. When you have a crazy maker, a toxic person, folks, you, you're not going to change them. And some of you are beating your heads against the wall trying to change something in somebody's life. You can't change people. Only people change themselves. You can't change anyone. In fact, this is what I found. People will never change until the level of their pain is higher 
than their fear of change. Did you get that? Until their pain gets so high above their level for their fear of change, that's only when people choose to change. And this is amazing, is that toxic people have a high pain tolerance. They'll deal with a lot of pain in their life before they'll ever change. And so if they're not going to change, you're not going to change them. Here's the second step. Refuse to play their game. Refuse to play their game. One of the Pharisees' most favorite things to do was to trick Jesus with questions. You need to understand, folks, that Jesus never fell for it. He never allowed himself to be manipulated with other people. Here's an example. The scripture says this. Then the Pharisees met together to think of a way to trap Jesus into saying something for which they could accuse him. But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. You are trying to fool me with your trick questions. Jesus is like, I didn't just wake up this morning. I just didn't get out of bed. But Jesus knew their evil motives. He knew what it was like. He says, you're playing games with me, and I'm not into playing games. Jesus would not engage with toxic people. He would not get hooked by them. He would not get sucked into their drama. You ever notice that toxic people like to argue? They love to argue. The Bible says this, Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments and jealousy, fighting, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. So the key is refuse to play their game. Here's the next thing. Set boundaries. You've got to set some boundaries. The Bible says you need to learn to set boundaries. Don't let anyone enslave you with their expectations. How many times in your life in which you really didn't want to do something, or you really didn't want to give some money for something, or you really didn't have the gifts or you really didn't have the time to do something, but the other person made you feel so guilty and so horrible that you just gave in. Well, folks, you need to realize to say no to certain expectations. Unrealistic ones. When there are unrealistic expectations, you say no. You've got to set some boundaries. Galatians 5.1 says this, Freedom is what we have. Christ has set us free. The whole book of Galatians, folks, is about not falling into legalism or getting sucked into these toxic people. It says, Christ has set us free. Stand in as free people and do not allow yourselves to become slaves again. Folks, don't let any pressure put you into bondage. Christ set you free. You don't have to live by the expectations of others. Last thing. Live for an audience of one. Live for an audience of one. Folks, if you choose to live for an audience of one, then you're not going to worry about anything else except what God wants you to do. And if you only listen to His voice, you'll do the right thing. The problem with many of you, you're trying to please 5, 10, 15, 20 people. And God is saying, you just can't do that. In fact, the Bible says this, we are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we've been talking about these crossroads, and there's another crossroad that you come to, and it's this. You either are going to choose people or choose to please people or you will choose to please God. And this is what I found. That if you choose to try and please people all of the time, you will not please God. But on the return, if you choose to try to please God, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to please people. 
And those toxic people will come up and they'll try to say, but what about me? And that's when you say, I'm not going to fall in to that toxicity. Do you want to live in a toxic religion or do you want to live in a healthy relationship with God? The choice really is up to you. Let's stand for closing prayer. We're going to have meet and greet. I'll be back in the conference room. And so uh, any of you that want to come and say, hey, that'd be great. Uh, If our prayer team would come down, there'll be a couple of people here to pray. uh, If you want prayer for anything. And uh, if you've never accepted Christ into your life, and, uh, you know, today as you were thinking about that, man, I don't want to be a toxic person. I want to be a person who follows God. I'm going to lead us kind of in a prayer. You don't have to say it out loud, but you can just say, me too. Me too. Let's pray. And again, these are your words. Dear God, I don't want to be a person of a toxic religion. But I want a relationship with you. I want to know your truth and your love and your forgiveness and your peace. Thank you for dying for me. Help me to understand it more. I want to learn to love you. I want to learn to trust you. Today, I'm saying yes to you as best as I know how. So set me free, God, from a toxic religion and give me the strength to deal with the people who are toxic in my life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you'd like prayer for anything, Justin and Patty are up here. Have a great week.